What up, y'all? We back. We're back here for the conference championship games. Something that I'm very much looking forward to for multiple different reasons. It's going to be played a very different way. We didn't see this kind of last year for anyone that was paying attention because in the end we end up having, well, it was 49ers, of course, and the Eagles and Casey was on the other side as well. But kind of looking at everything that's this week, I'm going to tell you the matchups and then we're going to go back a week to the division round and we're going to kind of break it down, talk through it. And I'll give you guys some news and notes that have happened in the league since we end up last talking. Again, I'm one of your hosts of the We Got Next podcast. I am Hayes, a.k.a. Shifty. And what we're going to do is try to throw these out two to three times a week, give you guys updates in terms of what's been happening in the football world. When the offseason comes, we'll start breaking down a lot of things that happen in college football, just explaining my thoughts on what it is. But the conference championship is at the 3 p.m. game on CBS is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs against the Baltimore Ravens. They will be playing in Baltimore, so at the bank, M&T Bank Stadium. And then for the NFC Championship, it is going to be the Detroit Lions against the San Francisco 49ers. Both one versus three seeds, which is another important thing for people to end up just looking at. When you take a peek at this, it is going to be at 630 on Fox at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. I'll give you my thoughts on who I think is going to win towards the end of the show. But kind of going back a week, if we look at everything, the first one is Texans and Baltimore. I knew from the jump that it was going to be Baltimore. Baltimore, one, beat them in the regular season. Two, the Texans, they're new. So they're going to be back easily. Me personally, now I have a bias because if you watch the other show, you know how I feel about the Jags. The Texans are going to run that division. So we're going to see the Houston Texans for years to come. I personally think, I don't know, if you keep putting more talent around them, there's not enough star talent to get to the conference championship or the Super Bowl just yet for the Texans. But if they keep adding talent around them, add a good amount of pieces, they can get to the Super Bowl within the next five to 10 years. I would put money on it. But again, they have to keep this nucleus together. Tank Dell, once he gets healthy, Nico Collins, and then find a better running back. That'll be important for CJ Stratt as he continues to grow and develop. <clears throat> Defense-wise, continue to add pieces over there, help out on like the backside that'll be important keep D'Amico Ryan's there because he is defensive minded he was a linebacker also played for the Eagles Texans as well and yeah so Lamar Jackson had 100 yards rushing he didn't do as much in the receiving game but rushing game is where he really made his bread and butter and to have 100 yards rushing was important Lamar Jackson did go 16 of 22 for 152 uh, passing yards CJ Stroud was 19 of 33 for 175 passing yards. Again, running game was almost was nothing for the Texans. They had 14 carries on 38 yards. They really only had 30 yards rushing because CJ Stroud had nine of them. <clears throat> Looking over on the other side, you had 42 carries for 229 yards. It's a big difference in everything that did happen. And another part to it, I'm pretty sure it was in this game, if I can look at it. Yep. There was no, the defense was outstanding for the Ravens. I say that in the sense of 
They didn't give up a touchdown. The only touchdown was given up was on special teams, and that was a nice punt return that they did have. <clears throat> they put Steven Sims back there again for a kick return, too, but he did his work in the punt return game. Kai Fairbrand went one for two in field goals, which that's three points that you left on the table. But again, it was 34-10. That wasn't going to make a difference. One thing that I do want to bring up, and for anybody that did pay attention to the game, you will know this. Well, there's two points. I'll bring up the defense, and I'll bring up the offense. Defense for the Ravens, what they have to do with Patrick Mahomes is give have sacks. They had no sacks against the Texans, which is a major cause for concern. They had three tackles for loss, which are important, but you had no sacks, and you're going to need to do that. You had no interceptions. So it was a clean game for the Texans. The Ravens just could not. Sorry, the Texans could not do anything with it, but the Ravens didn't force any turnovers. It was more so three and outs every single time. And you're going to need more than that against the Chiefs. You're going to need to stop Rasheed Rice. He has started to come into himself. You're going to need to stop Travis Kelsey, although he might not have had a great game last time. You're going to have to be better. So those are my expectations for the defense. Cold weather does not matter. The Chiefs just played freezing cold games. They played a game in zero-degree weather. So the cold isn't going to matter to them. If anything, they have the advantage in terms of that. But what I did want to bring up was there was one play in particular. If anyone saw it, Lamar Jackson, the first go-around with this in the end zone, threw it too low for Isaiah Likely, and... It was one of those diving catches. It was almost actually picked off, too. But in that moment, if you looked, you saw Isaiah Likely point up. And right when he did that, I was like, oh, it's over. Next time they have an opportunity like that, if you throw it up, he got it. Whenever someone says go like this, you know that they're going to end up throwing it up. And that's what Isaiah Likely did. They Lamar Jackson threw it up, got him the touchdown over there. And Nelson Aguilar had it on the left side of the end zone. He had a touchdown, too. Nothing else really happened. It was one of those games that Lamar was able to use his legs more. The next game, if the Chiefs are smart, which I know how that defense is going to be, they're going to force Lamar to throw. You don't want to allow Lamar Jackson to use his legs because if he uses his legs, the game is over for them. So that's the only thing I do have to say. We kind of beat this one down. Running game was solid. If you can hold the Ravens to under like 150, 100 to 150 yards, you're good. If you hold them under 100, you're going to win the game. That's what the Ravens need to do. Uh, Texans, congratulations to you all for making it this far. You went from not necessarily being able to win the AFC South to taking it because the Jaguars definitely just fumbled the whole bag and a half. I don't know how they did that. Kind of just going into the next game, we have... Let's see if this works. Green Bay and the 49ers. That was a really good game. I was watching that game with Steven and BJ. And just with that game, so Packers, San Francisco, it was in Santa Clara. Two points for everyone just to pay attention to and think about. One, the Packers were winning. The Packers are winning for a minute. And in the end, they just could not come through. The Packers legit had that game the whole time. And then you lost by three. The Packers are going to be there again. So now you have to start thinking, how good is that NFC North? Because if that's what the Packers did, then 
I don't know. It's going to be really serious coming going forward. Looking at some of the numbers, if you just end up seeing Brock Purdy was 23 of 39 for 252 yards. Jordan Love was 21 of 34 for 194 with two touchdowns and two interceptions. The last interception was the one they said just reminded them of Brett Favre. You kind of just chucked it up there hoping and praying. And if you would have just lived to see another day, you probably would have had a chance. Chris McCaffrey had two touchdowns, 17 carries, 98 yards. And the important part that everyone should look at when they go into this Detroit game is Aaron Jones having 18 carries for 108 yards. Aaron Jones having that 100 yards, 108 yards rushing. If David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs can replicate that, the Lions have a chance. You break it down in the running game, it opens up the offense for your passing. And clearly they teach you that 101, but that's kind of important. Then you look at the receivers. George Kittle is going to be a main one, especially we don't know what's going to happen with Debo Samuel. So George Kittle is going to play a factor. Brandon Uke is going to play a factor. Another one is just paying attention to what really is going to happen with Debo Samuel. If he is playing, that changes the game. If he isn't playing, then you need to focus in on George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Juwan Jennings did come through. He did good, too. Look, and Chris Conley had one. Braver McLeod had one. But for the Packers, you did have Romeo Dobbs, who was 4 for 83. My personal thoughts, Christian Watson isn't who people believed he necessarily is at this point in time. I thought he was going to be much better than it, but he gets injured a good amount. If the Packers kept or found a way to sell Devontae Adams, we're going to be straight and cap him. This team would be way better. You have the running back you need in Aaron Jones, although Aaron Jones is starting to get older. You just need a wide receiver that's out there for you. So if you, I mean, yeah, wide receiver. If you can get one or two solid receivers, you'll be good. Aaron Jones is 29. That's up there in age for running backs. Defense-wise, there were no sacks for the 49ers. If the Lions can do the same thing, the Lions have a chance. Pay it. This is exactly what I'm saying. That's the important part. The Packers had no interceptions. They only had one sack. That's the difference in the game. Because the San Francisco 49ers had two interceptions. Drake Greenlaw had both of them. Jake Moody even missed a field goal. Anders Carlson missed a field goal as well. This is the small amount of stuff where... Points start to add up and everything. Tackles for loss, there were four. Pass deflections, the 49ers did have three. But it's really those interceptions that made a difference in the game. Chris McCaffrey, again, having 98 and then having 30 receiving yards. So you had over 128 in all-purpose yards in the playoffs. 49ers are definitely going to take that step just against the Lions. I can see it going into the final two games. So we had the Lions and the Buccaneers. Baker did put up numbers 26 to 41 for 349 with three touchdowns and two interceptions. It was 23 31. It was only eight points. The running game needs to continue to shore up more. Rashad White did do solid throughout the year. Congrats to him. I don't know if Baker's a long term answer, but he sure as hell does love finding Mike Evans. Mike Evans was eight for 147 and a touchdown, 12 targets. The next two were Kate Otten and then Chris Godwin. Bucks, I could see them winning again the NFC South next year, but who knows how far they're going to go kind of after that.
Then looking at it from the other side, Jared Goff was 30 of 43. 43 passes he threw for 287 and two touchdowns. His pass rating was 103.5. Baker Mayfield's is 94 and a half. Detroit's running game, they were 9 for 74. David Montgomery was 10 for 33. Jameer Gibbs was 9 for 74. Jameer Gibbs had a touchdown. So more efficient person is Jameer Gibbs. And you can kind of see if it was either game script or just they're starting to go more in that direction. But it looks like Jameer Gibbs is going to become that 1A and David Montgomery is going to be the 1B. Throughout the whole season, you started to see that happening. And then just towards the playoffs, you started to see who they focused in on more. David Montgomery did have four targets. They both had four targets. The one that just was more efficient with it all was Jameer Gibbs. So essentially, they were even in terms of playing production when they did get it. One had 10 carries. The other one had nine carries. They both had four targets. Jameer Gibbs just had one more. Four for 40. Then the main things to pay attention to, Amon Ross St. Brown was 8 for 77 for one touchdown. Uh, Sam Laporta was 9 for 65. He had 11 targets. There's only two people that they focus on. If the 49ers can find a way to just not necessarily shut down but neutralize Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta, 49ers got this. Looking at this, Detroit had four sacks. That's an important part. The sacks play a factor, and it stops momentum. Kind of going into the final game, Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes was 17 of 23 for 215, two touchdowns. Josh Allen was 26 of 39 for 186 and a touchdown. Josh Allen did run for 72 yards. That would have been cool to see Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl, especially with two running quarterbacks. But Josh Allen, those two touchdowns were big. He accounted for a total of three touchdowns. Looking at the Buffalo receivers, 5 for 45 was Don Kincaid. Stephon Diggs was only 3 for 21, but had 8 targets. If he would have caught that long one, that would have been a difference in the game, too. They're going to have to do some in terms of wide receivers. I don't think the wide receiver core that they have right now is what it takes. So they're going to have to finish that and figure out what to do over there. Looking at it from... <clears throat> The other side of the of the receivers and the running backs. So the receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey had two touchdowns, five for seventy five and two touchdowns. He's going to do something like that again. So that's why I say Baltimore. If you can find a way to fix that or neutralize it when it comes to Travis Kelsey, you should be fine because your next two are Rasheed Rice and Marcus Valdez Scantlin. They both had four targets. Again, Patrick Mahomes only threw it twenty three times. But the running game was something else. Just see if it's here. Because if we can find <clears throat> where is it? I don't know if it's going to show me it. Uh, I want to see. Oh, time of possession. Perfect. So Baltimore, I mean, the Buffalo Bills had it for 37 minutes. Kansas City had it for 22. That's always an important stat if you can end up having the ball for more time in terms of if you can do that, you have a better chance of winning because you're controlling the game the way you want to. I also don't know how Travis Kelsey is always open when these teams even know there's only one player you really need to focus in on most of the time. So it's going to be two good games. If I'm picking and someone, everyone should know exactly who I'm picking in one of the games, but I'm just not going to say it out loud. I'm going with the 49ers to beat the Lions. 
And then on the other side, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Baltimore Ravens. So I'll catch you guys next time. Appreciate it as always. This is Hayes, AO Shifty. Catch you guys probably later in the week to give you another one. We out.